0: Welcome to Watch This Space, the podcast about future of work. Every month, we bring you insider perspectives on how digital transformation, emerging technologies, and generational change are shaping the future of work. We are two analog guys finding the groove for all of this in today's digital world. I am John Arnold, and these trends are my focus as an independent technology analyst in my company, Jay Arnold and Associates. And I'm Chris Fine. I'm an
1: independent consultant and strategist specializing in workplace technology, IOT, and security. My company is Integrative Technologies. Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Watch This Space. Uh, It's great to be here again. How are you doing?
0: Doing fine, Chris, and it sounds like you're doing great, too.
1: Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. These months go by so fast between podcasts,
0: right, John? Between podcasts uh rain and drought and everything else that isn't normal (laughs) but we are creating some normalcy here with uh, with our monthlies and we are now in september right so it's we're going into the fall last quarter of the year you know we're we're kind of going to start thinking more ahead now because a lot's been happening uh certainly in our space over the over this year 2022 and i know you've got some viewer i should say listener feedback to share with us. And I think that's gonna take us into our uh, our discussion for today. Yes,
1: John, I do. And I just wanna say initially that we are very grateful to our listeners. We appreciate you and we really appreciate that you seem to actually listen to these podcasts of ramblings or whatever. And we do watch feedback very carefully. Uh, we, we try to accommodate it and respond to it. So if you do have any, uh, let us know. We are going to establish a better way to give us feedback. Uh, John, right? We're going to put we're going to put some kind of ability on Watch Space Tech that more easily allows you to respond to the podcast, right?
0: Yes, we'll add that for next month for sure. You know, a bit of maybe an oversight, but um, we're getting interest, so we have to yes respond and make it easier. And un- until then, you could certainly reach out. We're not hard to find on LinkedIn. And, uh, of course, on my website, jarnoldassociates.com, there is a contact us uh, space there where you can leave comments, suggestions for future shows, and uh, that's another way you can access the podcast in the archive on my website. So yeah, Chris, I'm glad you're leading in with that, and we would, of course, yeah, love to hear any and all, the good and the bad, and we're always here to uh, you know explore new ideas and make the podcast more interesting for all of you, our listeners.
1: Well, I've got two items, I agree, of course. I I have two items for today. One is from one of our loyal listeners who I would note is a millennial. So certainly in the audience that we talk about a lot, even though we're uh, considerably past the or preceding the millennial generation ourselves. But let me read it to you. Um, It says, uh, I listened to the Watch This Space episode I think you made some good points. In my opinion, there's an important component here that you guys didn't address, which is all the tech layoffs happening right now. I've talked to a lot of people whose employers said they need to start coming in more regularly, and they're not fighting it because they'd rather have a job than be laid off. It's not enough momentum to spur five days back to work. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but it is shifting the dynamic. It's taking some power away from the employees. I personally think the great resignation may be over. So I thought that was good input, don't
0: you? That was a- about sure. our last
1: episode, because remember we were talking about the E&Y study and back to work, et cetera.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good good pointer to consider that, you know, there is, I think, a pendulum that shifts in both directions. And uh, for sure, you know, I, I think we've touched a little bit on the tech laughs thing before. But again, it, there's no doubt that that's a big kind of driver in the marketplace right now. And, and I think we touched on this a bit last time too, Chris that, you know, the the desire for the, you know, flexible work environment and everything else that goes in the kind of on the employees agenda works well when the labor market is on their side. But as you say, and as the listener says, that when the tech layoffs start to hit and we're all seeing that, we all know what's happening there. You know, all of a sudden, if the jobs aren't so plentiful, you know, I think that tune changes or certainly has to adapt, right? Because, you know, it's great to say, we want this, we want that. But when the jobs are starting to go away and you're, you know, you've got to, You've got to earn it, and you've got to keep it. All that stuff. It's a little bit different, right? Well,
1: maybe. Let we can talk about that more later. But I just wanted, and I, you know, I think your points are good. I I do think there is more of a fundamental shift. I'm not sure it's all about worker power. I think it's evolution of culture. But maybe we can talk about that more later. But I just want to mention the other piece of feedback we got, which was another great suggestion, which was that. You know, our listener liked the conversational tone we have, and you and I, you know, value our dialogue that we've had for a long time, even before the podcast. But he said he felt that there could be a little bit more energy in the delivery. And I thought about that a while, and I, you know, I don't think that uh, he's suggesting that we turn into, if you remember, I don't know if everybody knows this, but the Crazy Eddie commercials, basically, with the guy screaming, you know, his prices are insane. We don't really have to go there but i do think that you and i and i'm speaking as audio production person here too is that we tend to start thinking and we speak more quietly so i think we're going to try to just introduce at least a little more sonic energy into the dialogue even though by nature you know i don't know how far we go in the direction of some of the podcasts we hear where they're kind of clowning around all the time what do you think
0: well (laughs) time to bring in the house band exactly Exactly.
1: Well,
0: we we like we we like uh, we we like the feedback, but hey, uh oh, we've got unhappy listeners. Well, okay, if you want to, let's energize this a bit. No soup for you. Exactly. How's that? But you know what? I gotta <laughs>
1: say, the feedback was overall very positive. Right. This yeah. was a positive, piece of feedback. I do think that there's something in audio. You know whether it's radio, whether it's a podcast, what no matter what it is, that there is a certain level of just kind of speaking energy, which makes it more like you're being a speaker than you are talking on the telephone, you know, uh, if you want to kind of compare a couple of things. And so we will, I think, I think we'll try to keep our volume more level, which I think have been wanting to suggest that we do anyway so anyway thank you for the input and we'll we'll see where it goes right and occasionally if we interject something more than we have that's good
0: too right John exactly yep take it to heart we can always be better and more fun and maybe musical one of these days well don't I mean fun I don't
1: know but you know at least (laughs) we, (laughs) we could maybe we could be more dynamic but anyway like we could pretend we're on a panel discussion or something but Anyway, thank you very, very much to all our listeners for any input that you have. And please bear in mind that we do take it to heart. And when you make a point like the point about the layoffs that's that's related to our content, we will absolutely respond. So thanks again. And we need to probably add some kind of stinger representing the end of the feedback section here. You know, a little little piece of music. But okay. we'll get to that. Right. We keep thinking about it. Okay. you know? Um But anyway, on to the show. Right, John?
0: Okay, bada boom. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let's move on. Um, I do want to touch on the uh, earlier comment. You know, I, I just wanted, wanted to say that, you know, we know the tech layoffs are a thing. And of course, parallel to that is the whole tech sector. You know, the stock valuations have been hammered, you know, a good part of all year. And that may be continuing for a while. I, I want to touch on something from that listener's comment. And I think I can tie that a little bit to where some of these stock uh, performances are going right now, because I'm seeing a pattern for the companies that are in this space, particularly the collaboration players. But um, I'll tack something else onto this, and that's you know our our this will be the term of the day or the phrase for the week, but it's quiet quitting, which I, I know you and I have both heard of. But I think it's another kind of symptom of what's going on in this market and another example, I think, of why and why hybrid work is so hard to get right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had read, there was a big article about quiet quitting. It was either in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, I think, about, and I think that it's mostly focused, at least in the reporting on Gen Z, as and maybe younger millennials, probably, you know, folks with zero to let's say five or seven years of experience right John maybe you can explain a little bit what what quiet quitting is or at least how it's reported
0: yeah um, my sense of it is this idea of you know you you put in basically the bare minimum to do your job right you it's like one of the things you do in your life but it's not the most important thing and the idea that you know this Long-term track towards career advancement and you know getting the higher pay grades and the management responsibilities doesn't sound like it's a big priority for some of this cohort, and that's okay. And again, when the labor market is in their favor, they can come along on that journey pretty well without too much you know to lose. But uh, you know, I, I think too, Chris. A, a, Contributing to this I think is through the pandemic, you know, I'd say probably over the last maybe three-ish years a lot of new hires have come on board to these companies without ever having met anybody in person Right, we all we've all know people who have done this and say hey I've never met my boss or my peers and It's you know, the technology makes it possible to work that way But boy, oh boy building culture like we talked about last month. That's got to be really hard to do yeah
1: i guess i feel as though that that most of the reporting on this that i've seen and and a lot of reporting on changing work patterns and generational attitudes tends to be filtered into filtered through the the perspective of the work attitude of the last 20 or 30 years and you know my feeling is that when you start to get a large young generation, whether it, you know, when you add up millennials and Z's, that's a big cohort of people. You're going to have changes that are going to happen no matter what. And the people who, you know, a lot of those changes are going to be reflected in how people work and have to be then been addressed by management, right? Evolution and change of management. And an example I can think of is sort of the transition from the madman era of corporate management, which was sort of the classic, you know, mid-century William H. White, the organization man, and uh, other, other types of, of philosophies where they're very, very hierarchical, very structured types of organizations, very top-down kind of management. And you had organizations in the, you know, the generation before the 70s, which had been extremely successful, with that model, you know, everybody from IBM to NASA, right? Classic examples of this. But what happened in the 70s as the boomers, the young boomers started coming to the marketplace was, You evolved to more of what is now might be thought of as the Silicon Valley culture, right? Starting at places even like Hewlett Packard and some of the other companies that embraced it a little bit earlier, where it was more informal, more team oriented. And what happened subsequently was that management philosophy evolved to things like management by objective, matrix management, not all of which were stunning successes, but they were the basis of kind of what's been the management approach of the last 30 years um at least but what you've got now is you've got the equivalent of what happened when the boomers really entered the marketplace uh it's a huge group of people and you've got the additional factor this time where they've been out on their own for two years learning how to work differently so arguably a culture has built itself while the management wasn't looking and that's going to have to be assimilated into whatever the hybrid model is so that's my two or five or ten cents but what do you think
0: (laughs) yeah and once these new patterns get established these these habits are there it's hard to go back right And, and we're seeing this i mean another recent one was you know apple trying to mandate you know people coming back in and now there's a real heavy you know petition effort from employees who are organizing you know that union issue aside you know is another element of this space but you know being able to push back that that's shows sort you of how strongly people feel about you know if this style is working for us why should we do this but you know big companies like apple you know they have their reasons particularly that that company because they're so they're, they're so secretive about the way they do things you know for competitive reasons it's understandable and the, these are becoming very difficult things to rationalize together now.
1: Yeah. And I also don't think that anybody knows really where this is going to balance. It's still an evolving thing, but it's interesting. There's so much management talk about culture because culture is somewhat in the eye of the beholder, right? You can't always top down your culture. And also there's been so much evolution in the content of work. That a lot of folks, a lot of jobs are very, you know, have a very substantial component of the work being focus work. And so you have to ask yourself does the collaborative or whatever the attraction of the office is, which is greater than zero, add up to three days a week? I think it also depends on a lot of other physical circumstances like geography. There was a, an article this week about second tier cities, at least in the US, having much more return rate than big cities. And, you know, you ask yourself, what's the difference? Well, you know, smaller cities are more affordable and they're, uh, they can build communities where work and residences are closer. Maybe there's less traffic, you know, there's less of a barrier with commuting. So there's just an awful lot at play here and it's easy to kind of simplify everything too much. But I do think our, our respondents point about the layoffs, uh, that is going to be a factor
0: for sure you know we're, we're and we know the tech sector in particular is prone to these booms and busts and we you know this isn't the first time and it won't be the last that we've had this but yeah as the labor market gets dries up it's going to be interesting to see how as i said that tune might change a little bit to say well you know we'd much rather be at home but geez you know do, do i want to keep my job or do i want to be a you know delivering food for for uber eats you know the the choices in between aren't that great and i think this is a little bit more reflective of the overall economy how it's evolving and the as you said chris the generational shifts that that are happening you know just like the middle class is disappearing we're losing a lot of those kind of middling type of jobs you know it's it's getting hard to see middle level kind of options for people unless they have real resets in their life and maybe skill sets that they that they look for.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's why you see so many job openings at various levels. You know, at the top skill level, it's because fewer people have the skills. And at the less skilled level, it may be because fewer people want the jobs. But there's also an, a whole other stratum of jobs that are interesting. And I think there is some evolution here, which are jobs that do require skills, but you don't necessarily have to go to college to get them. So there's a whole educational element to this too, obviously. Maybe there's hope, but right now there is kind of a desert in the middle.
0: Yeah, I think so. So I did, as kind of we get to our close out here, uh, I do want to tie a thread, as I mentioned earlier to the comments you know from the first uh, listener. There might be a connection here to this and the really sharp drops that we're seeing in the publicly traded companies in this tech space. And over the past few weeks, most of the big players have come out with earnings news. And for the most part, it hasn't been good. And it certainly doesn't take more than five seconds to see how badly the prices of the stocks of these companies has gone south from the beginning of the year. Most are down 60, 70, 80%. Now, those are big drops. That's more than a correction and I mentioned earlier Chris about the idea that um, the market seems to value growth over profitability and I'm starting to think that maybe that's catching up to this space because when you look at the earnings reports for a lot of these companies for a lot of these companies in particular most recently uh, we've had RingCentral, we've had uh, Avaya, we've had Twilio, we've had 8x8 even Cisco some of and zoom most recently these are big big players and for the most part you know their numbers are de- their, their 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 profitability isn't the profitability isn't there but a lot of these companies are carrying uh, big debt loads particularly avaya and uh, 8x8 and that's gonna come due fairly soon that has to be managed and um, the growth is continuing but the profitability I'm not really seeing you know, follow that. Um, Cisco is doing pretty well, actually, uh, but their growth is really flat at best in this space. Uh, Zoom is growing; they're probably the brightest star right now. But they've they've definitely had some. You know, some of their numbers have been below what's expected. But their Zoom phone business is doing really well. But overall, these stocks are are struggling in this in the light of this. You know, these changes. And I, I think about well the tech layoffs don't help these companies. And I'm wondering, Chris, if that performance is somehow reflective of the fact that these technologies that are being deployed in the workplace, I'm wondering if they're really not delivering as much as expected when it comes to building strong teams and even reinforcing culture, because I think these are more HR issues than technology issues. And maybe that's starting to catch up to these companies when we look at this, you know, quiet quitting kind of trend that we're, you know, that's showing that the workforce is just not that well engaged. And if they have better options, they're going to take them. And I'm wondering, you know, no amount of technology, I think, is going to fix that. There's bigger responses that are needed. And that maybe the technology play here is coming up against some limitations. Wow.
1: Well, I do not want to pretend to be a stock prognosticator, but I think you've addressed some some structural issues that are going to be reflected in performance generally, right? So it's not the same story everywhere, but if you think about this kind of unlimited tech growth vision of the past few years, I do think it's it's being tempered. And there are there are factors that are kind of asking, leading people perhaps to, to question whether there really is this long train of growth ahead. And valuation is often based on growth. So you're right. We certainly are seeing the fallout from it. And, and your point about not being as effective, I think is a very good point. Uh, I just, I also think that there's getting to be a certain saturation without a lot of innovation in some of these spaces Um, so for example we've talked about some of the problems with hybrid collaboration and you know we're kind of not quite seeing the products that will potentially cause companies to invest in a next generation of collaborative technology while you're also seeing a roll off of things like desk phones and some of the things that have kind of been powering some of these companies uh, you know like an Avaya for quite some time um, so it's it's just another indication I think of the big change and flux that's going on right now. Um, it, with Zoom, part of it is how many more people are going to get it. It's just had such an amazing market penetration over uh, the last couple of years, and it's it's it is being pushed back against by things like Teams. Say what you will about Zooms versus Teams. That's always a, a, a philosophical and preferential argument, uh, but. Uh, but, you know, going up against Microsoft and the enterprise is tough when they start to what happens is Microsoft does it wrong like three times and then gets it right and then starts really pushing on independent players. So a number of factors here. But in general, I agree with your point that kind of the unbounded growth view is, is definitely getting a little more sober. Right.
0: Yes, I'd, I'd agree with that, Chris. Um, you know, Zoom in particular is actually one of the you know, stronger plays here. N- not only are they continuing to grow and grow upmarket into enterprise, which is kind of where the money is, but um, they're holding steady at about $5 billion cash. Now, they, you know, they had their failed attempt to acquire 5.9 uh, last year, I think it was. Which would have depleted some of that, but anyways. But they've they've got money to play, so they're well positioned to, um, you know, to make moves if they have to. But um, you know that aside. Don't get me wrong. There are lots of companies doing very well in this space. I mentioned Five Nine is a good example, but they're they're more in the contact center, you know, customer experience space than this collaboration hybrid work environment. And it's another example I think of just how tough it is for the. You know, we talk about the workers and the managers. Well, the tech companies have to make their approach in this space too, right? It's not a matter of just saying, we've got great solutions here, use them, that will solve your hybrid work problems. It's it's more complicated than that. And I think some of the tech companies, maybe because these results have not been great, you know, growth, yes, profits, no, for a lot of these companies. How long, as you say, can you sustain that kind of path? And if you're not moving the needle enough on hybrid work, you know, maybe they, they you talk about innovation, there's plenty of technology innovation, but we're going to need, I think, maybe more innovation from the approach these vendors are taking to kind of have profitable, sustainable growth in these spaces. You know, Cisco is another one who just had earnings. They're actually doing pretty well in this space. They're kind of flat, they're not declining, but, um, you know, relative to some of their other sect- lines of business, Collab is kind of holding its own, but just, you know, and that may be good enough for the market that we're in now. But yeah, that innovation, I think you talk again, Chris, too. Yeah, management thinking is going to have to evolve and be more innovative to adapt to this new set of expectations that this Gen Z crowd is bringing. Because there's no denying and that and that it's, it's there and it's going to grow and it's going to harden. So I think, yeah. There's, so maybe innovation is the takeaway for today here on all those fronts. But I just wanted to bring in, you know, the tech companies are struggling too. Where is their place in this whole milieu? Exactly, exactly. And to be
1: fair, I think there's a lot of opportunity. There's an opportunity for better mouse traps if you know how to make and sell them. And there's there's the evolution is not toward less effective work. It's just different ways of doing work and companies who under start to understand this and make it work in their own cultures and environments are going to be very ahead of the game just as you know the some of the companies i mentioned in the last generation apple interestingly being a notable one at, at various peak times in its history of of, of leveraging culture to produce greatness uh, it's kind of ironic that now they're the get back to work for 3 days people but they oscillate back and forth i guess with innovation but there is a great opportunity but there's also a lot of ways to mess it up and so i think you're going to see both
0: agreed agreed okay that's going to be our stop point we're going to see some, we're going to see a bit of both right
1: yeah i things are going things are evolving very much in a state of flux at least that's my point of view but i don't think all of it's bad Uh, I think it goes in a new direction, but not necessarily not as good a direction. There are things in the last 30, 40 years of work, the crazy working hours and all of that, where maybe things will be better off if you can accomplish the productivity without that.
0: I think so. I think so. Okay, that will bring us to time. So term of the day for this podcast, quiet quitting. Remember that one, folks. And we could pick that up if you have more comments. Let us know, uh, and we could revisit that uh, down the line as well. But that brings us to the end of time for today, and we'd like to thank you for listening, as always. We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and you'll continue with us here as we explore the future of work here on Watch This Space. You can access all of our episodes at the site Chris mentioned earlier, www.watchthisspace.tech, or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. And yes, a comment, a rating, anything along those lines would be great. So with that, I'm John Arnold.
1: And I'm Chris Fine. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thanks, John. It's always a a pleasure and I'm grateful to be your co-host on this. And we will see you all again next month.